The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Scotty Conley, a.k.a. Scotty the Body, and this is the Border Podcast with Scotty the Body. For the last 20 years, I've had some type of role in the skateboarding industry, including my time as a sponsored skater, many years working at Skate Park of Tampa, and my current job at the Border. So, in the midst of this current pandemic, I decided to start this podcast so I can catch up with some old friends I've met along the way, and we can talk about the past and present with highlights in my beloved hometown of Tampa, Florida. So sit back and enjoy. All right, all right, yes. Loving this track, been using it for a minute. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's Capadonna, the Super Ninjas, featuring You God and Method Man. And I just like it because it says rock the body body. And uh, yeah, so that's what I use. Thanks, Capadonna. Um, before I introduce my guest, I just want to take a second and shout out a good friend and a former guest of the podcast, uh, my homie, Bo Mitchell. Uh, if you're new to the show, go back to the way beginning of the feed, all the way down to the beginning of the uh, the origins of the podcast, and uh, listen to that episode where we talk about acting, skateboarding, and some great stories about Will Ferrell and Danny McBride from the set of Eastbound and Down. And I just wanted to shout him out because currently he has a role in the Netflix series Cobra Kai, which of course is the continuation of the Karate Kid movies from the 80s. Uh, season three just dropped. It was number one on Netflix for a while over there. Uh, me and my wife binged it real quick. We watched all three seasons in like a week and a half. It's pretty addictive, really good. And uh, so I definitely just wanted to show some love to my boy, Bo Mitchell, for being one of the first guests on the show when I had absolutely zero listeners. It was really cool of him to give me his time. And now that I have listeners growing in the numbers, possibly up into the mid to high 70s, uh, I wanted to use my massive influence and put it out there that if you haven't yet, go check out Cobra Kai on Netflix. And if you really, really have some extra time, go check out a movie called The Last Summer. Uh, it's a movie that I had a very small role in, so small that my part got cut. But since I spoke on camera, I am still entitled to royalties from the film. And every six months for the last couple of years, I'll get a nice little check for a whopping like uh, 60 to $80. So please, I don't care if you put on the movie and leave your house, just help a homie out. I'm trying to keep these royalty checks coming in. So Cobra Kai and The Last Summer on Netflix. So without further delay, let's bring in our guest. You may recognize him as the man behind the lens and the man behind the team over at Dickie's Clothing. But if you go even further back, uh, he was involved with the Brick Harbor Skate Shop. And he also worked with me at the skate park of Tampa during his brief stint as a Florida man a number of years ago. Uh, now he is still uh, doing all the duties over at Dickie's, but he is also the co-host of the Sam and Joe show, brand new podcast, recently dropped their first episode on the Dickie's YouTube channel. So without further ado, let's bring in 
Joe Amonteleone, a.k.a. the Joe Face. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, bud? Thank you for coming on. What's up, Scotty? That was a really, really good introduction. I appreciate that. It's easy when I got (laughs) awesome friends in awesome places. You you made me sound like way more sick than I am, so I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that's the whole purpose of a a, uh, podcast is to make – Make people look good, right? Like, I'm not here for negative shit. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree with you on that one. All right. So, so how, how you, was, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, just how, how was your day today, man? Dude, uh, kind of crazy. Um, you know, I was saying earlier, uh, I'm kind of deep in this, like, one uh, short trade on a, a stock today. Are you so, a Robin Hooder? Um, I'm a Robin Hooder. Uh, and a and a Wall Street better on Reddit, and uh, my wife put me onto this stock that has been shorted something gnarly um, about a month ago, and I got in on it, and it's apparently going to take off and possibly making me a bunch of money. So I've just been right, well, staring at, at staring at my phone since six a.m. So at, at any point, if you need to uh, take off and uh, continue <laughs> the conversation later, let me know. I wouldn't want to. Uh you know, stop you from a, a huge payday. Oh, no, dude, it's a, it's not going to be today, but it'll be this month. Hopefully, if things go the way that they're supposed to go. Um, are, you on that, uh, are you on that drone uh, brand that's waiting to get bought up by Google once they can, or Amazon for once they can do drone delivery? No, but that sounds incredible. I was talking to Yanni about a stock, too, the other day. He was telling me about, I don't want to blow it up on him, but he was telling me about a stock that's like the key for 5g or something and it's just started getting available with like t-mobile and verizon and all the other ones are going to blow it up so that's like another one that i'm like looking at but the one that i'm actually looking at now and it might be old news for everybody at this point but is gamestop and uh, oh yeah 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 i got in at 20 bucks and then this morning opening at market it was 100 so that's um, pretty good i don't uh do anything with these stocks but i'm in a uh a group of poker players in a chat with a, with a bunch of poker players and they're all that that's all they talk about when we're not talking about poker and football and other fantasy sports and all that stuff. Dude, I remember, I remember coming to play poker one night at your house, like 15 years ago. All right. This online poker game we got going on. A lot of mutual friends are in this game and I uh, actually okay. gonna bring it up in a little bit, but um, okay. But first off, the beginning of the Joe face, you are raised in Long Island. Were you born in Long Island? Born and raised. Born and raised I, uh, in Long Island. Yeah, born and raised in a I'm from I'm from West Babylon, but it's in the Babylon Township. Okay. And most people don't really understand like the little towns in between. So when anybody asks, I just tell them I'm from Babylon. Okay. But more specifically, I'm from West Babylon in Long Island. All right. And so the obviously we know that's the home of uh Gino Iannucci did you ever see him riding around as a kid yeah so I actually have um a really good Gino story um so in 2003 when Nier Wright came out we just got our first like skate park built like close to our house we didn't have many skate parks in Long Island I think there were like two or three when I was growing up but they were all like maybe over an hour away from my house and um we didn't have cars and then one of them was like a 25 dollar entry to escape park and it was an hour and you had to get somebody's parents to drive you and whatever it wasn't it wasn't like conducive to skate park skating so we didn't really have that 
but um there was a park that opened up and uh me and my my best friend mike um cut school one day to go skate the park when it was empty because it was like you know if you go at like 10 there's obviously not going to be anybody there and uh, our buddy matt bell um was working for the town at the time being like the person who oversaw the skate park which basically was like sit in a hut skate all day make sure kids are wearing helmets so um mike and i were there with matt and then uh you know at the time was back on the island for a little while and he was driving a white x5 so this white x5 pops like drives through and before i left the house i just got done watching yeah right this is just when yeah right came out and gino came out and it was just like the first time i had ever even seen a pro skater let alone him and um he like destroyed the park and then in like maybe 15 minutes he did most of the stuff he was doing first try he kick flips like this big uh 10 foot pyramid flat gap that we had uh first go he switch flipped this one like smaller flat gap like first go he did switch flip pivot on like a six or eight foot quarter pipe i don't remember how big it was but it was pretty tall i want to say it was probably like six did that like first try did all of this stuff first try and we all were just sitting there like watching in total amazement and then uh he was there for a little bit i didn't even have the balls to go say what's up to him and then uh he focuses board and left and that was the first time i saw Gino. <laughs> so but it was, well, uh, it was pretty sick. It was pretty sick, dude. And then the, the, the cool part about it was that um, all three people who were there that day, me, my friend Matt, and my friend Mike, all remember it exactly the same way. Like, he showed up, destroyed the place, did a bunch of hard stuff. And it was obviously before, like, you know, you had a phone in your pocket with a camera. So we just had to watch. And it's just, like, one of those, like, ingrained in your memory. Can't believe you were there to watch it kind of day. That was the first pro skater I ever saw. I yeah. was uh, 16. The, the first time I ever saw Gino, he was was he, he was in Tampa just to watch like a Tampa pro, and I was working the door at a club, and he just came through the line, uh, and I was like putting a wristband on him. I just look up and I'm like, dude, Gino, thank you so much for coming to the club tonight, man. He's just like, uh, what? And just like kind of walk away. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the funny thing about him, like, because we're obviously, uh, you know, him and I've been friends for a while now, but. The thing about him is that I, you know, I can't really speak for him, but from my observation, he kind of hates attention. Yeah. Like he, he just wants to do what he does and then, you know, appreciate it from afar, but he gets a little, you know, not that he hates it, but it's just like, you know, he's not one of those guys that's like seeking it. So when it happens to him, I think, I think, I think it weirds him out a little bit. I can't, again, this is just from my observation, but he's, you know, introverted people that, uh, you know, aren't into the spotlight and just want to do their thing. For sure. There's definitely people like that. And uh, I see it too. It's fine. Yeah. It's but, pretty, uh, dude, it's, it's pretty dope. He's dope. All right. And also another, one of my favorite people on earth is from long Island and that's wrestling legend, Mick Foley, uh, yeah. Cactus Jack, mankind, dude, love, whatever you want to call him. He's getting brought up back to back on the podcast. Um, Got brought up last week when we were talking about uh, collecting wrestling figures with Trey Jones. And now he is from that same area as the next guest. Uh, And so uh, back to wrestling. Um, Obviously, there was the wrestling on Long Island. There was the Nassau Coliseum, which was pretty famous for for, uh, pro wrestling uh, shows. Did did you ever go there as a kid for for wrestling stuff? Yeah, I went to um, I went to the Smackdown at the Coliseum and I went to a raw at the garden when I was a kid. Um, it was, it was like, it was attitude heyday too. It was yeah, like, yeah. 
it was that point where you wanted to go be there for those. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously you the garden, like Madison square garden uh, is huge spot in the history of professional wrestling, with the WWF yeah. uh, still is kind of like a legendary hollow ground for professional wrestling. And yep. uh, now they have the Barclays center and it's much bigger and nicer and they do stuff there as well. But uh, Madison square garden will also will always be like the home of WWF. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing to go back and think on because you were a kid and you were just hyped, but like, you know, 20 something years later, you look back at it and you're like, man, I got to see the best dudes at the best time, do yeah. the best stuff when it was going down. And those, the shows that I, I went to were, um, it was before they started doing like the brand splits and people were only on SmackDown and people were only yeah. on Raw. Um, it was just when the undertaker went face and came back as the American badass. Like it was right around that time. Yeah, so it yeah. was like 2001, 2002. Um, I was still, you know, not, I was still young enough to, to be like, not, it sounds weird, but you know how like people would, you'd kind of get made fun of for liking wrestling. You still kind of do depending on who, what friends you have. Yeah, um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like really fast, it's not, like, it was cool and all your yeah. friends that were all of a sudden wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was like right around that point in my life where it was like, it was like pop culture stuff. Yeah. You know, people, kids were crotch chopping each other in the hallways and stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, you, but, you've gone to stuff out in LA too, right? Yeah. I've gone to um, a couple of like, a couple of like local things um, like not big, like not bigger ones. I've gone to a couple of Raws and SmackDowns with um, Oliver Flores, who is a good friend who works for Nike, and Nike has a box at Staples. So uh, when he gets when he gets tickets, he can just get them, and we can just go. So I've gone with him a few times well, uh, lately, lately Oliver, which has been pretty sick. That. Yeah, I know Oliver. I'll have to keep that in mind. Dude, Oliver's the he's the shit. He would he'll just like send me like funny like uh, luchador stuff on on Instagram, you know, when we talk, it's, it's pretty sick. I don't get to see him obviously because of the pandemic now, but, um, I miss, I miss everybody, man. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about how much you used to see all of your friends all the time and how, how little you see of anybody in the 2020, early 2021 stages. Like I've, you know, seen a handful of people, uh, in 365 days when I was used to seeing like, you know, tons of people weekly for years. So it's pretty weird, but, um, yeah, Oliver is the best. I miss him. Miss seeing that guy. He's always a good time to hang out with, but him and I went to a couple shows and then, uh, went to a couple house shows with my buddy Casey. Um, and we saw, we actually saw Foley at one of the house shows and, uh, yeah, I saw we went, I saw him at a house show down here, man. That dude walks so slow. It's really sad. Yeah. I mean, his body's fucked, but um, it was funny because it was, it was one of those things where we went to go, you know, I've only fanned out in life on a few people and I'll only fan out in life on a few people. You know what I'm saying? Like there's not a, yeah. a bunch of people that I'm going to trip out about, but him, he was one of those people where I was like, man, I don't give a fuck. Like I'll pose for the photo. I'll ask for the autograph as a 33 year old man. I don't give a shit. Like I'm doing it. And, um, I was talking to James Buckman before we went and his dad is like a very famous radio DJ who knows Mick. So I kind of like told Mick like, Hey, like my buddy's dad and you like, you know, each other. So we got to talking a little and I talked to him a little bit longer than everybody, but 
Um, I guess when he got signed to the WWF in 1995, um, he lived five blocks from me and I had no idea. He lived in West Babylon randomly. Oh, wow. In, 19, in 1995, uh, five streets from my house. I, you know, like you're a little kid, you would have never known 1995. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What was I, eight or nine or something like that? Nine, eight? Yeah. I don't know what the math is. But anyway, so, um, but it was pretty cool to talk to him about that. And I, I, you know, you always see him on, on TV or whatever, and he's always fighting the Undertaker and Kane, and he looks short, and then you stand up next to him, and you're like, dude, you're like 6'4". You're like a big fucking dude. Well, I'm and, not, and he, he was always hunched over, too. Yeah. So like, he always looked like even shorter. Cactus Jack, like that character kind of like, you know, walked with like a little hunchback and like kind of. Yeah. You know, Neck cocked to the side. The shoulders low. Yeah, dude. It was, it was pretty sick. He's a sick dude. He's super nice. But um, yeah, it was cool. Like he's, that's one of our guys, Long Island legend. Yes. This is Foley's uh, baby boy. Speaking of Long Island legends, we have a mutual friend named uh, Robert Sunshine. Oh, dude. Yes. Papa Slob. Yes. And, and what's funny is I've never like, he, he's a really good friend, but I've never even met him in real life. Oh, he's like one of those, huh? Just yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Through the, through this poker game, I'm trying to get you in. Like uh, <laughs> it was like our Tampa squad and then a New York squad started this poker poker group and it's just like spread so far. Uh, but he's it's like, there, the, it's so, like the hybrid, huh? So, and then we have a group chat that's been going since day one of the quarantine. Cause that's when we started the poker game. And uh, like, we're, we're, we know very personal things about each other and we played fantasy <laughs> football together. Like he beat me in the playoffs this year in fantasy football and uh, just like making yeah. friends, like you'll find out a couple other people that are in the game as well as we move along. But um, so yeah, uh, you'd like to gamble. <laughs> see my, my whole thing is that like i'll go in like a little bit on money with gambling um the thing i'm kind of doing right now with the stocks is like not that it's a surefire bet but the odds are like greater than not that i'm gonna profit off of this so that's why i like to do it but if you guys are playing like higher stakes poker you might scare me away because yanni did that shit to me like 20 years ago we were just like no we're just gonna play a little bit and i went and played and they took all my money in like 10 minutes and i was like pretty sad about that but um, um, play, uh, we play one, two, no limit. Uh, so dollar, two dollar blinds. Okay, that's mellow. Buying from like 100 to 200 bucks. That's mellow. I can do that. That's yeah. not bad. I'll get you. In yeah. There. All right. I'm down. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Robbie in probably a couple of years. He came out here a while ago to visit Buckman and, um, I saw him then, but dude, Slob was, he's, he's like the funniest guy. Well, uh, Buckman's in the game as well. That makes sense. Buckman fucking loves poker. Yeah. So he plays with <laughs> us. And um, so, but uh, I want to get to like our, the beginning of our story. So it begins at Spot, uh, Skate Park of Tampa, when you showed up sight unseen to work for us. But yep. before, we, be, before we get into all that, I just want to remind you guys like, I miss all of you guys, but the pandemic cannot and will not stop sports. There's one football game left the Super Bowl, and my Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on their way. Yes, the Bucs and the Chiefs will decide the championship. Also, don't forget that the NBA is back, and you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. That's right. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. 
from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to Bet Online today and use the promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online is your online sports book expert. Tight. So our story starts. Our story starts uh, when you moved to Tampa with a girlfriend, right? Yep. Which which is a whole gamble in itself. Dude, it was uh that's that's my biggest L right there in, in a lot of respects for um like relationship stuff, mental sanity, money. Okay. It was it was it was kind of fucked. Um basically my high school sweetheart wanted to go someplace warm for college and uh I wanted to go to LA. She wanted to go to Florida and you know when you're like dumb and in love kind of thing. So yeah. I, I was like, I'm, you know, we're going to be in love forever because you're fucking 18 and a moron or 19 and a moron. So um, I applied to go to UT and they gave me uh, a 50% scholarship for my grades. I went to Tampa for like four hours one day. Like I flew down, checked the school out, got on a plane. I was like, school's cool. Went home, had no idea about anything else about Tampa. Spent zero time. And then um, this girl that I was like very in love with was like convinced that this was going to be great. So we went and then um, I don't know. I'm sure you remember, but in Tampa girls under the age of 21 at 18 can get into clubs, but guys can't. So this chick left me pretty much every night to go party with her friends. And I was just sitting and I was just sitting in Tampa and I would just babysit her when she would come home all drunk and like, you know, come back to the dorm or whatever. And, sleepover but she'd be all wasted and whatever and you know and just for a for a background on uh university of tampa it's actually a very expensive private college yep and yes, it's it is. Uh, <laughs> mostly populated by uh trust fund kids from the northeast yes which i am not so that goes into the money thing so the school and so your, so your girl your girl didn't go to ut no no, no she did oh she did there okay so like yeah. for locals around Tampa, like a, a UT girl was like a grail item. And uh, like, cause for skaters trying to be broke and like skate and not have jobs. If you had yourself a UT girl, you know that you, you would be taken care of. That's kind of crazy. I never knew that, but um, um, <laughs> that's, that's actually makes this story even that's more incredible. So, um, so I didn't have a single friend at college. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't fit in at that school. I didn't even see the demographic of people. I was just like, you have sort of an art program. Uh, It's warm. There's a skate park here. I can go skate. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll whatever. That was kind of like the mentality, but the school I think costs like 60 grand a year. And so even at a 50% scholarship, I still had to take out a loan for $28,000. And it was the only loan I've had for school was that one because i left you know a year later but um i just paid that loan off like three years ago oh and, wow um, congratulations it's a, thanks dude but it was like you know it was like a fucking it's like a kick to the balls because you had to pay for it so anyway long story short this and girl paying pay for college 10 years after you didn't go back yeah for a school that i went to for two semesters so um my whole ut experience was awful 
but all of my friends that I made were you guys. It was all the yeah. skate park. So, so uh, um, you, you, like I said earlier, you walked uh, into a job at the skate park at Tampa without any of us even meeting you uh, under the recommendation of Greg Chapman. So you worked, obviously you worked for, for Chapman for a while. I worked for Chapman before I went to Tampa and then after I worked for, after I went to Tampa. So um, I worked for Chappie from when I was maybe like 14 or 15 until I was 19. I went to school. And then when I came back, I worked for him from when I was 20 to 22. Okay. Um, and then when I would come back home, they would give me, you know, for like holiday breaks or whatever, I would get my shifts um, there so I could, you know, make some money over the summer and whatever else sure. or the and, winter uh, breaks. I, I do think I remember you may be, may have been like the first person uh, to tell me about Jake Johnson because he was riding for Chapman. Yeah, I think I was because um, in, so Jake is like an honorary Long Islander because he started coming to Long Island over the summers uh, to stay with like various groups of our friends. So he would stay at Brian Clark's house or I think he used to stay with Keith Denley too, maybe, but it might've been just maybe Brian and Buckman. He would stay at their houses, but he would come over the summer. Um, so we all knew how good he was and they were filming short ends. Yeah. Um, they were, they were filming short ends. And then um, that video was happening. Like they were still filming it. And then uh, the year I was in Tampa, Jake and like five other homies slept in my dorm room for the Tampa Am. Um, to like go skate it and whatever. And it was before it was when Jake was right before Jake was going to get on the workshop. Yeah. Um, it was when Tim O'Connor was trying to get him on habitat, but he wasn't budging <laughs> He rode for the workshop afterwards. But yeah, Jake, Jake was like our phenomenon kind of like you knew about him if you were from where we were from. And then, um, the year I worked in Tampa was the year that he got the contents of skateboarder, uh, doing the switch flip back tail down the handrail, um, yeah. in Philly, and uh, Malto had the 360 flip cover over that building to building gap. I think it's in like Kansas city or something or like the okay, off the building over the driveway. Yeah. But it came in that issue and he had the contents in that. And then, you know, I'm always going like Jake Johnson, Jake Johnson. I remember people being like, man, shut the fuck up. Like Yanni was like, who cares about your friend, Jake Johnson. And then, you know, <laughs> 20 years later, it's kind of like, you know, they're like fucking best friends. And so, yeah. Um, and, and they're both sick as hell too. Oh, my favorites, both of them um but yeah so it's it's pretty cool to like have that happen with you know one of your one of your buddies who happens to be like one of the best to do it um yeah, but yeah I, I walked into the skate park of tampa dude uh, uh dude climate. I'll, I'll be honest with you man i remember being like super weirded out by it i may have even <laughs> off some like weird vibes because uh like we still had like a small amount of employees. And when I started, when I started working there, I was like employee number like five or six, maybe like there was like six dudes that worked there when I started. And I uh, got, um, I got vibed out by everybody. Actually, so except who didn't, who didn't vibe me out? I think Dylan maybe didn't vibe me out at first. Yeah. He did. Maybe he did maybe for a couple of days until we worked like a shift together. But I remember, yeah. um, I showed up for the meeting, right? Like before yeah, I, my I, shift. I remember like yeah yeah and like because i i held that because like i was there like from very early on and we have still had like pretty small number of employees and we were really tight-knit um i just yeah. remember <laughs> i held that i held that scene in that park in that shop very close to the chest i felt yeah. working there was like something that you earned by like 
picking up trash for a year and then you like yeah. sit on the bench watching the videos we have to make sure that you like have the right opinions uh you know making yeah, sure it's, you're it's a shop right it's, type it's, of person it's a, it's a shop man it's a scene it's a shop. so for like a, a stranger just to walk in and say hey i, I work here now uh, <laughs> <for> us. <laughs> I do. But, I remember. Uh, I remember that very vividly. I remember but, that very vividly. It was fucked for me. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, it was fucked. But like, you didn't work there for very long either. Like you said, you were in Tampa for like a year, right? Yeah. So I remember that meeting. Um, Sean introduced me to everybody, and I remember. I remember Matt McMillan made fun of me like open twenty seconds, and I had like a at the time, like I had a fuse. So I was like, all right, motherfucker. Like, I just like had it in my head. Like everybody gave me shit. Yeah. Kids who used to come, like whatever, everybody was, and I worked the shittiest shifts because I worked weekend nights. So I worked Thursday night to Sunday night every week. So I never, I never got to go skate with anybody too. So, you know, there was like a lot of nights where I would skate the park like after hours by myself. Okay. Or like when you guys would go on like date, like weekend trips to Miami, like I never got to go, but it took a couple months. I remember for everybody to kind of be like, mm, this dude kind of gets it. Like, it's okay. Um, but I just, you know, I wasn't doing anything. I was just, I would just wanted a place to skate and to try and like make a little bread to pay for my books. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You just wanted a job. Yeah. I just wanted to do something. And like, you know, I was like, Oh, it's the best skate park in, in the fucking country right here. So like, you know, Greg had the cheat code to Clements and like Clem hired me because I wasn't a dipshit or anything, which is cool. Yeah. It's also the scariest boss I ever had at the time. I tell him that all the time, but um, yeah, it was fucking, it was cool, man. Like after, after a while and after all you guys like kind of got to know me and whatever, it was chilling, like, you know, but at first it was like, I got, I got seriously vibed out <laughs> and that and sucked. You got to give the outsiders that treatment and make sure they got thick enough skin to like, even handle being being in the scene yeah it was i mean the thing that i don't think people realize like everybody always tells me like oh you're a hater you're from new york da, 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 da. dude i think the people from tampa are bigger haters than the people from new york you guys got some shit you talk it's kind of fucked but like <laughs> in, a, in a very in a very constructive opinionated way the most opinion the most opinionated people that i knew at the time were from tampa not from new york so well it, it, was, it, it was cool uh I think it's made my, because we saw the the what was supposed to be the best of the best every once a year, and so it was yeah. very easy to like separate the 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 good shit from the whack shit because like everything was there for those weekends. Yeah. Like like back then there were there like there would be two hundred skaters in Tampa Am, but that's because there's like two hundred legit Ams, and it was like very easy to separate what was like you know the, the cream yeah. of the crop the busters and so if you were a buster like you got hated on yeah and uh it's, so do you remember true. who actually won like tampa am and tampa pro the year you were working there i have two very good stories about this year to okay. be honest with you if you will divulge me and listen to them of course so, that's what we're here for so the tampa am that year was the year that Felipe Gustavo won. Okay. And him and his dad came to the counter. I was working. It was, and that was the year that they sold the car and he didn't send in the footage or whatever. And I want to say that if I remember right, I brought them to Rob. And I think Rob got him in. And I think Rob got him in and then he won. Yeah. 
And I, I remember I had somebody cover the register so I could go film his run because at the time, nobody was doing what he was doing. Nobody was flipping into everything. Like it's like a normal fucking thing now, but like yeah, yeah. he was flipping into everything. My mind was blown because like a kickflip crooked grind was like a, like a new, that was like a, that wasn't very old. Like, you know what I mean? People like doing that, like in lines and like some PJ lad shit. It was crazy. Yeah. Especially um, not in contest runs. Yeah. So I remember, I remember specifically being like, yo, cover my shit. Somebody tell me when Felipe's on, I'm going to come fucking, um, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna film this. So I have Felipe's winning run somewhere from like some angle on like a DV tape, and um, that was that was that year. That was crazy. And I remember, I think Jake got like dead last, or like second to last. <laughs> like I think he did so. I think he did so terrible. And I remember Tim like kind of roasting him on the mic, being like, "Jake Johnson's like kind of the best. He's not doing good very." he's not doing good right now but like believe me he's the best like kind of like giving jake ship and not giving jake shit because he wanted him to ride for habitat yeah um, and this is when all those dudes slept on the floor in your dorm yeah him uh luke mulaney yeah. i think was there hey luke's Wait, in the poker game that makes sense too no we you know what luke wasn't there my friend quinn was there that's who was there it was jake quinn uh my friend chad and i think one other person I think there was four, I think there was three or four of them staying in my dorm. I gotta look back. Like I have footage of it. Like I have Jake. I have footage of Jake skating like shitty benches outside my dorm at UT on a on a tape someplace. I gotta find it. Um, so that was the AM, and then the pro was the year Costin won in two thousand seven. Like Jen, I think it was the the first year that it was like the pro was like maybe into the new year or whatever it was, instead of them both being in December. If I remember right, I might be totally making that up. Um, So anyway, I, I was working and um, this is also when Spanish Mike's family, like briefly moved to Tampa. So it was one night, it was, it was day two of the contest and like day three, the Sunday was the finals or whatever. So that Saturday I worked like, I think I had to cover somebody's hours or something. I worked like 16 hours that day. I remember that. And um, Spanish Mike and his brother and my other buddy were there and we were going to skate the park after hours. And uh, there was like a little poker game going up on the deck of one of the ramps. And it was like James Craig, Billy Marks, Sinclair, and a couple other people. I didn't really know them. I think Alex Mole was there. They were all playing poker. Yeah. yeah. So they were all playing poker. Um, And then, I'm skating, and like I said, Clements was the scariest boss I ever had because you guys had like these urban legends stories about him, so it like made it way worse. <laughs> and uh, he, I was up on top of the roll, and he was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm skating." He's like, "I've got some very important guests coming. Don't get in their fucking way." And I was like, "Okay, whatever. Definitely won't." Um, so this is before. This is also like early 2007. So this is before Fully Flared comes out too. Um, so in comes P Rod. Very young Paul Rodriguez. I was like, yeah. holy shit, it's P-Rod. Never seen him before. And then after that, walks in Costin, McCrank, Lenosi, and Rick Howard. And nice. that's like, that's like the dudes. You know what I mean? Those are like, that's top, fucking top level shit. So um, that night, which was weird, P-Rod went around the whole park and board slid everything for like 10 minutes before he even did a real trick and then like didn't miss I remember that he board slid down hubbas, he board slid down rails, he board slid fucking everything. Okay. Just to test the slides of everything and then just destroy the place. McCrank was putting on a demo 
And then I was sitting next to Rick and Jeff being a little, you know, little schmuck asking about fully flared or whatever. And Rick was telling me to ask Jeff and Jeff was like, I don't know, ask him or whatever, you know, just kind of clowning like a 19 year old who's like bright eyed. Right. Yeah. And then, um, Costin rolls in and he's just dork, like not doing anything, but just kind of just being Eric. And, um, so whatever. So he's just doing his thing. And then, um, the next day I was like, Oh, I'm going to go watch the finals. And the night, so they were there for hours the night before. And I was watching everything that Eric was doing. Cause it's Eric Austin. Um, and the next day during his run, the run that he won with, he dropped in on the first one and landed everything. He did that, you know, the line that started with the 360 flip nose slide. Yeah. Um, the night before he didn't try any of those tricks, not one of them. I, I remember being like fucking blown away. I was like, this dude didn't practice a single one of those tricks and just won the contest. It was crazy. So those are my two skate park of Tampa am and pro stories. I hold them a little near and dear to my heart because they're, they're pretty uh, relevant to like my age group. Hell yes. Dude, the, the so. story of Felipe Gustavo is told time and time again. Oh my God. It was, it was nuts to kind of have like, you know, a very small finger in that. Like, even if it was just directing him to rob, you know what I mean? And, and I this, part, if... this part of the story is often left out, man. Like, you're getting the short end of the stick on this. No, I mean, whatever. Like, I, I didn't do much, you know what I mean? I was just like, <laughs> oh, like, here's this guy. He's the one who knows what to do. I was just the cashier at the time. Yeah, but you, but, you um, could have easily been like, dude, what, what are you doing, man? Get out of here. You're not in the contest. Oh, I did that to Casey Rigney. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, I was I was in a bad mood one of the days of the pro. It might have been the first day, and then uh, Casey Rigney, I didn't know it was Casey Rigney, came up to the counter and was like, "What do I have to do to enter the contest?" And I was like, "Well, first you have to be pro." <laughs> I just, that was the first thing I said to Casey Rigney, like not knowing it was him. And like afterwards, I think Dylan was like, "Dude, that was Casey Rigney." And I was like, "Oh fuck, my bad." So I had to like go apologize and like not be a dick, but he kind of like laughed it off, which was cool. Um, but yeah, I was I was like in a mood that day. I don't remember why. Doesn't matter. But I remember I was being I was an asshole to Casey Rigney, not on purpose, but kind of. All right. So uh, you lasted a year at Skate Park in Tampa, and then you said you went back to New York and worked for Chapman for a bit. So I was really like personally, it was a little hard for me because of the girl. So yeah. you know, you're working, and then she's out partying, and then. At the time, it was really weird, dude. Like, I kept getting, like, phone calls at, like, four in the morning about, like, I'm fucking your girlfriend and shit like that. And, like, nobody ever was. You know? but, like, when you're, yeah. I used to get prank phone calls like that for, like, years. People were, I don't know why, but they would, like, fuck with me. Um, so, anyway, like, our relationship was, like, super volatile. I wasn't happy. She was partying all the time. Um she was very sweet. Like I was, you know, it's just like young love where you're just, everything's like an emotional train wreck. So I made the decision that I wanted to go back to New York and go to college at FIT and um, get a, get a bachelor's in 3d animation. And then um, I just, you know, I would go to school and I'd come home and I work for Chappie and uh, the next year, you know, a year, our relationship lasted like long distance, like another year or something like that. And then, it, you know, it ran its course. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like I was just, I was just like, uh, I was emotionally in like a very bad 
place. And the only time I felt good there was when I got to skate the park with you guys, you know, if it was after hours, if it was before work or whatever, or if it was like playing poker, you know, toward the end of me being at UT and me being in Tampa, like you guys were inviting me to come over and hang out and stuff like that, which was cool. Yeah. So it felt a little bit better, but I needed to like, you know, you can't, what are you going to do? Sink another fucking 60 grand into uh, student loans for a school that you don't want to be at. I had to make a decision. So I went home and then uh, because FIT is a, is a state school. I think the whole thing for two years cost me like six grand and I paid it. You know, just pretty much paid it as I went. The cheapest so. is the cheapest thing you can get in New York. Dude, so this is the thing that I'm bummed about. It would have been the cheapest I could have ever lived in New York City because you could get dorms. You know what I mean? The dorms were on like 39th and 9th or something like that. Yeah. And uh, it only cost like two grand for five months out of clip or something crazy like that. Yeah. So I could I could have lived there for like five or six thousand dollars all up for a whole year, and uh, I didn't because I was like, no, I'm, I, I need to work. Like I don't want to I don't want to work in the city. Like I'm just gonna go home and hang out with my friends and get drunk and whatever. But realistically, like looking back, that's like probably one of my bigger regrets is not ever living in actual New York City. I would just go back and forth every day, which is kind of a waste of time when you really think about it. But whatever, it's fine. All right, so uh, you worked for uh, Chapman for a little bit longer, and then did and then did you go uh, to that that Brick Harbor? No, so I had like a, a weird two three year window where I wasn't working in skateboarding anymore. Okay, um, and I worked as an assistant store manager at a van store that just opened up on Long Island, and I also worked a year and a half as a customer service agent for Geico. And those were the Ooh, and those were the those were the two most miserable jobs I ever had. Geico okay. actually, I actually thought that suicide would be better than working for Geico at that point. Okay. Um, and then uh, the Brick Harbor thing came around because of my buddy Chase Whitaker. He was the director of Brick Harbor, and he kind of just took a chance on me. And he really just saved my life. To be honest with you, I owe like pretty much everything to Chase. Um, and it was it was like the kickstart of like what put me in the actual industry rather than just like manufacturing or working in a skate park. Like now I'm, you know, filming stuff with pro skaters and whatever. And he offered me the job because at the time uh, I was filming with Gino a lot for pretty sweet. And I was, you know, calling out sick work for Geico anytime Gino wanted to go film a trick, um, which almost got me fired. And then I was filming with PJ Ladd for Brick Harbor on like a freelance basis yeah, And uh, because both of those two filmed with me and were my friends, um, he offered me the team manager slash videographer job. Um, right. and, and, uh, and, so yeah. for, for everybody, Brick uh, Harbor was like, it was an online shop, right? Yeah, it was like the East Coast's answer to CCS or something. Okay. They were trying to for, position for a while, they were, uh, they were like paying some pretty big names uh, from what I remember, some pretty big money. Yeah, we had... Um, we kind of had like, in terms of team, like if you just go on team and take product and what it represents out of it, it was probably the best team in skateboarding at that point in terms yeah. of like yeah, names and talent. Had, and then Gino, obviously you just said so, but who else was there? Ashad, a young Ashad, like pre, okay. pre-Sodi Ashad, Jake, uh, Buzinitz, Daywan, Jack Curtin, Stevie Williams at one point. Um, it was a good team, man. And I had to learn, I had to learn how to shoot photos for the ads 
So I like taught myself how to shoot photos on PJ Latin Gino Hanucci. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how I, and that's how we ran Brick Harbor. Like I did the video and the photo and the team. Chase took care of all the behind the scenes stuff with a couple of our other friends. It was a five, five, six man operation, if that. And um, we did pretty good, dude. It was just ran by a douchebag parent company. It was ran by Karma Loop. And Karma Loop just didn't pay their bills. So it bankrupted the company. Ah, okay. So that, that's kind of what happened. Um, Brick Harbor wasn't losing money. It just wasn't making the amount of money that they needed it to. And they pulled the plug the first month I moved to California. So, <laughs> so, so work for them? No. So I, well, yeah, I was working for them, but at the time everybody was in California. Yeah. P, PJ moved back to LA. Um, Gino just finished, you know, pretty sweet was like the year before. And he wasn't really like, not that he wasn't doing much, but you know, he's not really like focused on just, just strictly filming for brick Harbor. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so the rest of the guys were in California. So I was like, well, I'll move to California to make it easier. And then um, I moved in, you know, middle of November of 2013. And then by January 1st, 2014, I didn't have a job. Oh man. So what'd you do after that? I fucking hustled my balls off. I just filmed freelance all day, every day and rationed food and slept on Sam Muller's couch until I saved up enough money to get a, an apartment with uh, two people that I met. Okay. Um, um, but trans world, the trans world guys let me film for them because Sam introduced me and because they liked me and liked my work ethic, they just kept throwing me work. So the first year I was in LA, I think I filmed something like 78, 78 or 88 uh, edits for trans world. Oh, so they kept busy. Yeah. So I just, well, I had a calendar and I was like, nobody's implementing this calendar. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. And then I'll just send them all the edits. And at, at that point, I think most of the content that came out on the trans world site was from me. Okay. Like pretty much. So for that first year that happened. Um, so that's, a. Uh, well, that's then you also like had that. the, um, the honor of making the final trans world video, which, yeah. uh, I mean, that's a huge deal. Like growing up, the trans world videos were like the best of the best at the top of their game. Uh, the best filming, the best editing, the, the best like montages with the best dude. Like they were just the best, man. Like modus, oh, operandi. modus operandi is is, pro, is definitely in my top three as far as videos oh, are concerned. 100%. 100%. Um, uh, it, all the ones for all four from that kind of era, like, like the reason, feedback, modus. Yeah, uh, sight unseen. Sight unseen. Um, yeah, they're the best. They're the best videos. Um, and, uh, and, yeah. and, and, that, and that was the reason that I wanted to do it. Um, James and I got the privilege of doing it, which is cool because, you know, him and I, uh, you know, we're, we go back like a really long time and we've been friends for forever so for them to kind of like give us the reins and trust us to do it was pretty cool it was pretty full circle for me that was kind of like the thing that i wanted to do you know what i mean it wasn't like we didn't make money off of that that was like do it and be those guys be the guys that helped make it to 30 
because they weren't gonna i don't think they were gonna do one until we showed up at the office that day to like pitch it you know what i mean yeah so and dude uh dude shout out to james buckman aka the bluff hunter uh <laughs> in the poker game uh that's the homie right there and uh, i thought it was really cool that you guys um made vhs tapes of the yeah. video uh, I think that was my idea to just kind of like throw the nostalgia into it because we only made 50. Yeah. We made 50. I have five copies of it. So I have five uh, VHS copies. I have zero DVD copies. Okay. But but I got to get some DVDs from Buckman because he's got them, whatever. But they made we made VHS, VHS tapes for everybody in the video just to kind of be like, you know, because they're all roughly around the same age as us. You know, yeah. I mean, a couple, couple years younger on some scopes um ronnie and frankie were like the youngest i think but everybody else was like you know mid 20s late 20s um so they they got it you know i mean like they knew what it was yeah uh, which was cool and for a lot of them like they were i don't want to say honored but they were privileged to be able to like help be a part of it because it's like a dream for some for some of us like especially the guys around our age like i remember carlos and tiago were so fucking excited to be in that video so was jake hayes um, and Vince and Zach, like, you know, they were like pumped, like super pumped. Um, and uh, it was cool to like, I never talked to like Mika and Miles about it, but I know they were hyped too. But like, there were there's the nostalgia era that goes into it. Yeah, that makes it that makes it like so special. And those guys really came correct, man. They really made us shine. Um, I think that videos, you know, I'm personally a little bit biased, but I think that video uh, really holds its own it's it's a good video buckman edited the fuck out of it and it's super super well put together um you know like i i'm a fan i'm like a fan of it because obviously i made it which sounds kind of shitty but whatever i like it i think it's good yeah 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 um uh let me know if you decide you only need four copies in your collection. Oh, okay. dude i got you i got a pretty extensive vhs collection a lot of the early trans world stuff i have uh, text me your text me your address. I'll send it to you. Oh, it would be cool to have one. Yeah, yeah for sure. Easy. And, uh, I'll definitely make sure I thank Buckman as well. Yeah, no worries. And, uh, I'll, send, I'll send it to you, no problem at all. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, thank yeah. you. And uh, for sure. Back to Buckman. He loves gambling. I love gambling. <laughs> you love gambling. And there's only one more football game left to gamble on: the Super Bowl with my Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the big game, and the NBA is back. Although you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. That's right. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to Bet Online today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online is your online sports book experts. And speaking of the Bucks, you might be able to hear some uh, fireworks in the background. There's some people shooting off some cannons right now, actually. So psyched. <laughs> and um, with that being said, let's move on. For There will be a word from a new sponsor of the show. So uh, let's welcome the nice people at Just Live CBD. So let's pause for a word from them. All right. And uh, back to Joe. Um, during this whole time, the whole uh, 
during Brick Harbor, during your time at Trans World, we would randomly see each other around just, uh, you know, being at random spots. And it was always cool. We'd, we'd, you know, catch up and, you know, say what's up. And then all of a sudden, you are uh, working at Dickie's. How did that come about? That one was weird, dude. So, um, so basically, I was hanging out with Pat Romney a lot because he was still out here. Okay. And um, he met this, like, film director who was going to shoot these skate commercials for Dickies. And he introduced me to the dude. I won't even give you the dude's name because he's a fucking kook. But basically, they needed a team manager. And this dude recommended me to these guys after we met. And then um, the uh, these two Texans flew to L.A. to meet me and hired me on the spot. So, and then, and then I've been there for almost seven years now, six and a half years. Well, I will say you, uh, you've assembled a great team. Thank you. Um, I, I was looking at the team page just so I made sure I got everybody. Uh, Alicia Lee, uh, Frankie Villani, Jake Hayes, Tom Knox, Jamie Foy, Ronnie Sandoval, uh, Vincent Alvarez, and uh, Zach Wallen. Am I missing anybody no that's that's the the team as it currently stands all um, right and so uh make some we, additions this year hopefully so all right sick and um like we was we actually kind of around the, like you kind of started picking up the travel and you started traveling the world with uh ronnie sandoval on the vance park series and yep. so we would see each other like pretty often for that and uh, I remember, I actually remember you telling me that you were so happy when uh, Ronnie got on Vans because you, you were tired of going to Vans Park Series. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude. like, just psyched you were going to be able to get back out on the streets. Dude, it, it wasn't that I wasn't happy to go to the Park Series because it was cool. But at the time when it was happening, I had I had a little bit of growing pains when I first got to Dickie's. Yeah. Um, because the guys didn't really know me. I didn't know any of them at the time because the team was very different then. Yeah. And uh, Ronnie oh, was wasn't like, like Greco on the team at the beginning. That was even, that was way before me. Okay. Um, yeah. Way, way before. Okay. Um, but I had some growing pains. I won't really call it out too much, but basically uh, the team was told that I was a dickhead and everybody kind of gave me like the cold shoulder for a while. Like before Ronnie, you came in to start managing the team, somebody told yeah, all so, the guys that you were like, Hey, the new team manager is kind of a dick. Be ready. Yeah. He's like an asshole. Like whatever. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It was shitty. So um, that was like the story I got out of these guys like later on. Okay. Um, but anyway, so uh, they all kind of gave me a hard time. Ronnie, especially. And uh, he was much he was much younger, so when we would go to these park series events, he would just fucking you know it'd be me and him. He's the, you know besides you know you and Rob and Clem and whoever else was there. Like I didn't know anybody. Like I don't know bowl skaters. You know what I mean? Like these aren't like this yeah. isn't who I hang out with. So I knew Ronnie. So he would you know at first he would like we'd be in different countries and he'd just fucking leave me, and I would just be by myself like in between you know what i mean like chasing him around with a t-shirt being like wear the dicky shirt like this is what you need to do they're like, trying to get him to do his job you know yeah and um 
it was hard. It was, it was, it was shitty at first. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. Um, the fun part was like traveling and like seeing all you guys and then um, hanging out and whatever. But like the, the work part of it was, it was pretty tough at first. Um, but he grew up a lot and Ronnie's one of my favorite people in the world. And he's like super easy to deal with now. He's grown up a lot, but he was at the time, I think he was like 17. Yeah. So he was just being, you know, it's just like, fuck you old man. Like whatever. I get it. You know, yeah, but being 17. Yeah. Being 17, being, being a dude who's 17 and young and whatever. But yeah, when he got on Vans, it was pretty funny. Cause then I didn't have to go anymore. Cause then Vans was just sending him to all of them. <laughs> So I got to go that inaugural year when he was still on the guy. And then um, after that, you know, Vans just sent him everywhere. And I didn't need to check on him after that anymore. Yeah, they got it pretty dialed in over there. They make sure they take care of everybody, no matter. Oh, like, yeah. Good, good, good uh, company. Hell, yeah. And good dudes. Um, yes. Good, good dudettes. Everybody. Everybody over there is sick. They're, yeah. all, they're, they're great. And so, uh, so right now on the team, you have an American – Sodi, you have an Aussie Sodi, yep. And in my opinion, you have the, the Euro Sodi. Oh, dude! How he hasn't actually officially won that yet is crazy to me. Uh, Tom is uh pro- is probably my favorite like current skater. Yeah, uh, he's there. The dudes that you hold at the very top of the pedestal, like the legends. But like as far as like current dudes, dude, it doesn't get much better than watching him. Like, oh, he is absolutely incredible i think i think tom's even more fun to watch in person um because he's so consistent yeah he's like he's probably one of the most consistent skaters i've ever met and he's always he's always in a good mood everything's always like pleasant he never every everything's just a fun time with him and he's the best i like i i get sad that i don't get to spend more time with tom because he's so much fun to be around and his skating is so much fun to watch he's a proper english gentleman oh dude he's the best i got the, the last trip i actually got to go on before the pandemic hit i went to i went to england for two weeks to go skate with him and film like a little thing for dickies and uh we just cruised around london with him for you know two weeks and we had a blast um went out to eat went out to pubs hung out with him and his wife and his kids um skated you know what i mean just had a good time. He's, yeah. he's, he's the best. He really, he like really truly is the best, but that part he put out was fucking incredible. Yeah. And, uh, mind blowing how good it was. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, I met him at one of those, uh, Kimberly diamond cups in, in South Africa. Crazy. Like, cause, uh, they were, they always put such an emphasis on making sure they had, uh, like a, a super international field. So yeah. they were like seeking out, skaters from like many like there's like 30 countries represented at this contest and uh they they had tom knox holding it down for england and dude it was just like you're right about the consistency man just like the things he was doing on the course like obviously nobody else was doing because he just has like a completely different style so it's like watching tom knox skate in a contest with like nija is just like it's funny <laughs> it's it's amazing this it's such a mix because like Everybody loves to hate Nija, you know. So like, dudes like Tom Knox were like just absolutely generally loved because they're not Nija. Dude, he's a he's a true gem of a person. It was funny too because it took me. Uh, it was one of those things where Dickies came to me because um, 
you know, I, I deal with different people in different regions and whatever, but we were at like a big Dickies global brand meeting where everybody from every country was there meeting up for three days to talk business about stuff. And uh, the European market came to me and said, you know, we want you to get a European for the team. And there was only, I didn't even have anybody else besides him that I wanted. I like yeah. hunted, I hunted Tom. I didn't even know him really. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. filmed with him once and uh, I saw his part in Vase and I'm very good friends with Paul Shire. And through Shire, we kind of like connected and I, you know, I tried to like woo Tom over to quitting crew and writing for Dickies. And uh, it took a little bit of time to get the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted, but like, man, he's, he's one of the best uh, pickups you can make for a team, especially with the way he skates and how popular the drift is and yeah. how much fun those boys have together. It's, it's pretty fucking phenomenal. He's, um, well, well, he's and, now dude, looking, and now looking back, it was definitely the right move. Yeah. I've, I've made some, some moves that, um, looking forward you know from when i did it they make me look like i'm a fucking genius which is nice yeah. <laughs> you know like the year i signed jake he won australian skater of the year like right after we signed him and he yeah. just made, like you know what i mean he had no idea he was gonna win that but it made me look like i was like a you know what i mean and then i was talking to, about foy before he won skater of the year and then we finally signed him as the sody i'm like see like told you like this is the dude like whatever so um you know, and then all everybody gets like a ton of coverage. They're all like very well respected. They're all like skate rats. Um, it's a, it's a great group of people, man. Like I, I really have like a lot of love for the team, and I I genuinely enjoy all of my time that I've gotten to spend with all of them. I don't know if they'll say the same for me because I wake them up at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, on trips. But um, yeah, man, it's 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 a solid group. I'm I'm stoked on those dudes. And uh, dude had a great time uh, partying with you guys when we were in uh, when we were in Mexico for that Hard Rock opening. Oh yeah, that was that might be the best trip I ever had. Dude, was that was funny. amazing. We were wine and dine like we were paying like ten grand to stay somewhere for a week. It was amazing. Oh yeah, I had. It was funny too because they brought us down um, to like skate that demo or whatever, and uh, it was Vince, Zach, and Jake and myself. Jake Johnson um, at the time. And uh, Jake was hurt. Zach was hurt. <laughs> so Vince, Vince had to go out with like Chris Cole and like Leticia and, and uh, Felipe and like do a demo. Uh, and, you know, Vince is obviously like, not like the oddball, but like he's the odd man out on that crew or whoever was there. But I remember Chris, I remember Chris Cole fanning out to me on Vince. He was like, I can't believe Vincent Alvarez is here. It was pretty funny to hear like Chris, like, trip out on Vince because you know Vince Vince is like another one he skates like no one else and he's yeah. just like he's just like a fucking just shot out of a cannon like everything's full speed no matter what he's doing it's pretty sick yeah and he's definitely doing stuff that nobody else is even gonna even like think to do with like no, totally. the, all the like shove it variations into and out of stuff like the weird 360s the weird body yeah. pretzels like yeah, yeah, switch yeah. stuff awkward switch stuff and um, um yeah. yeah just like i've been psyched to be able to see you uh having success over at dickies and uh i'd also like to thank you so much for the healthy ass boxes that you send um <laughs> you're welcome gotta hook the homies up dude gotta make yeah. sure that everybody gotta make sure that everybody's uh 
everybody's looking right, you know? Yeah, of course. And, uh, like, I remember one time I, like, wore a big-ass Dickies shirt in one of our uh, – something we were filming for the border. And, yep. uh, like, Ryan was just like, hey, wh- why did you wear a Dickies shirt? They don't, like – they're not involved in anything we do. And I'm like, Joe sent me a box. I'm repping it. And he's like, oh, Okay. Like, <laughs> all right, like, it's all right, cool. You're working, you're working your own sponsorship deals. I like it. Like, <laughs> dude, do you know I got you? Easy, yes, easy, easy to hook you guys up. Yes, of course. And then uh, the 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 respect is mutual. And uh, dude, gra- glad to see you over there, like having a good time. You guys are always putting out good good video content. Uh, and back and to go along with the content, obviously, I saw that. Uh, you know, now you have the Sam and Joe show starting yep. your own podcast. Uh, it's on the Dickies YouTube channel. And yep. uh, what it was just you, like you said, was it like an idea kind of bred out of necessity to keep yourselves busy? Kind of. Um, so basically in March, you know, pandemic hits America. Yes. We were, we were all kind of freaked out because we were like, fuck, man, like how gnarly is this? What's going to happen? are we going to have jobs? So Sam, I think Sam had the idea, like let's do a podcast with the team. And uh, the idea will be that we'll talk to them about photos I shot and video you filmed and trips we went on. So it's like this more uh, collaborative interactive thing rather than just like a Q and a where we yeah. kind of like talk, talk through stuff that we experienced together, um, which is, I think a unique perspective because you know, you come on a show and you do uh, a couple, like the, the Q&A thing, like you interview who you're talking with. Whereas what we're yeah. trying to do is kind of like pick each other's brains and like talk to the guests. So the first guest was Foy. Um, we tried to do it through Zoom and the video just looked like shit. And uh, I kind of went to Dickie's and I said like, hey, if we want to do this, we got to do it the right way. Um, and it took a little bit because we had to wait for like COVID to kind of like lull for a little bit where it might have felt like a little safer and we did rapid tests for everybody and sam and i have been you know we haven't really been doing much um i have a one-year-old so i'm not trying to be out in the street like contracting anything trying to bring it home and uh sam's kind of the same way like not really trying to do much so we um you know we go out when we need to to get stuff done for work um, as it pops up, but for the most part, we, we developed the idea with like, you know, we're not going to go filming. We're not going to film like tour edits. We're not going to, these edits aren't going to come out. Like what else can we do? Um, so we kind of came up with this show and then, um, we tried to film most of them in a week and we only filmed four out of eight and then COVID kind of happened again, like gnarly in LA, like it's gnarly here. So, um, I've been hiding in my apartment since, you know, mid December or whatever. Ooh. And uh, yeah, like it, it just kind of happened that way. Um, so the first, uh, you know, the first, let's call it season will be all the Dickies guys on the Dickies channel. And then um, moving forward, we might take it to our own YouTube and start interviewing other people that we uh, skate with a lot. Um, we've gotten hit up by a bunch of our friends who don't ride for Dickies that saying, you know, they want to come on and whatever. And uh it's a, it's a weird perspective, not like a weird perspective, but, you know, you normally go, the other talk shows that we have, uh, you know, like the Nine Club is those guys, and they're all skaters for the most part. Roger was a videographer, but, you know, he's behind he's behind the lens again. Um, so it's like skaters interviewing skaters, 
Whereas for us, it's like, you know, we're the guys documenting this stuff. So our perspective is uh, we're there with you and it's something that we can kind of talk through. So that's kind of like where we were going with that. And then the bunt is uh, the homies up in uh, Canada interviewing people too. So it's more of a and a type style. So yeah, I, th- I think in that respect, we're trying to do something a little bit different. Um, we'll see how far we take it. I mean, it's kind of, we're just kind of playing it by ear. All but right. yeah, we... We're, we're stoked on it. We got a we got a pretty good response. People seem to enjoy it, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, um, you had uh, over. Uh, I looked at it today. Uh, you had like over twelve thousand people watch your first episode. Yeah, it's not bad, right? And so. uh, I'm like twenty episodes deep over here, and I don't have anything close to that like total for all the episodes. So uh, we'll I think get there. I think you're going to be just fine. You're um, you're much better at this. Uh, talking the interviewing thing than i am and you have a very uh you're very charismatic on the microphone so as soon as people catch wind of this dude you're you're beyond fire you'll be fine all right well uh like like uh joe said before the first guest on the show on their show was uh jamie foy and that's somebody i have an intense intense uh lengthy friendship not friendship but i've known him long we're friends now but like i've known him since he was a little little kid uh at the going back to the skate park of tampa all ages contests and we actually used to joke because i was the announcer and we would joke that he was my son and we'd call him you know baby body and uh, i don't remember that what's up i kind of remember like hearing stuff like that yeah like we like we would make jokes and i would just be like i'm sorry i miss father's day like i would like continue this joke over the course of years that this was my kid and uh people actually started believing it. And I remember his mom told me one time that like one of the other skate moms like came up to her and asked if like, I was a good dad. And it's awesome that, that he <laughs> it was like being announced by his dad and his, and his mom is just like, wait, are you believe that? Are you serious? Like do the math. It doesn't even add up. Like none of this makes sense. Like this is not real, but it's the joke that we just kept going over the course of many years and uh they eventually became the truth <laughs> so sick, actually it's pretty funny so i've pretty much seen this kid's rise from day one and uh dude jamie has never changed no he's he's a rat dude he's like, like the biggest skate, skate rat like he'll win a contest or win something or do something awesome uh and either george or ryan will like offer to take him out to dinner and tell him to pick a spot, like, and he'll choose Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah, 100%. They're offering to take him somewhere, like, expensive and nice and, like, show him, you know, the, the finer things. And he's like, yeah, man, I think there's a Chick-fil-A close to the hotel. Dude, yeah, 100%. And, and that's what he wants. And, and that's just amazing to see that, that he still hasn't changed. And he's the same exact kid. And dude, it's just refreshing to see, like, beginning the future the blow up and just the humbleness and so it's good to know also that he has good people behind him uh he's 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 a great great person he like genuinely loves what he does and he's i've i've never seen him i've never seen him catch an air of arrogance uh with really anybody i mean you know we'll have our heated debates about tricks and stuff like that because that's just what friends do but he doesn't have like a he doesn't have an air of arrogance about him. He's just happy to be here, happy to skate, happy to do what he wants to do. And um, 
he's kind of the best at what it is that he does. Uh, he's dude. He's 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 great. I love Foy. Very yeah. proud of him. He's very smart too. Financially, he's not a moron, which is great. Oh for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For somebody like me, because I, I, you know, uh, I take it a little too far where I worry about these guys' financial well-being, like long term. And uh, he's definitely got. I mean, he's got you guys behind him and stuff like that. But he's not a dummy, which is great. So yeah, he's he, he's going to be just fine on he on be, all fronts. Um, he will be just fine, dude. The future, the now, everything going on, and you yeah. have the possibility to be an, a, a team manager for an Olympian. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I think they're canceling it. I don't know what they're doing, but I don't know. Um, I heard they're doing it. In, Summer 2021 with or without fans. I mean, what else are they going to do at this point, right? But yeah. it's pretty cool. Like, I know that he was he was doing it and going for it, but it's it's pretty sick that he wanted to even do that. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't need to. It's nothing nothing showing, like, if you're going to be an Olympian, it's going to. Yeah, like he's know, already whatever. the dude. Yeah, he's already, he's already the dude, you know? Yeah. He's the um, man. No one's going to argue that. Dude, yeah, so it, it's cool that he gets to do that. But, I mean, if he does go and things do clear up, maybe I get to go to the Olympics. That would be hey, kind of sick. I just want to go to Japan once. I've only been to the airport. Oh, I've never even been there. <laughs> never, never. I'm like the – I'm the most uh, – I'm probably the least traveled skate filmer that works for a major company in the game, to be honest. I've never there, been like really I've, – I've never been really anywhere. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. Uh, I don't think I've been like you guys have been a fuck ton of more places than I ever have. Yeah. Know, so that's why 2020 was so weird. Usually I was like around twice, and this year I didn't really leave. Uh, yeah. I think I went on one one trip where I left the house. Yeah. I but, uh, I go to the grocery store and the laundromat. <laughs> that's it. Come on. But, uh, Hey man, 2021's here. We're gonna figure it out. And yeah. uh, with that, I just want to thank you for your time. Um, unless you had something you wanted to plug or something you wanted to say out there to the fans out there, all like 100, 120 of them. Dude, keep listening to Scotty. That's Hell it. yeah! And he knows, wanna, he knows what's up. If your top five choices for guests for for your podcast all cancel at once, and I happen to be in California. I'd love to offer myself as a future guest of the Sam and Joe show. Oh, dude, for uh, days, for days and days. But you have to, you have to come on the show, and you have to have different wrestling outfits that we can cut to. So in between uh, camera angles, you're just a, a different WWF character. Oh, the whole time. Yeah, I can do that. I, yeah, okay. I can absolutely do that. Oh. <laughs> yes. Challenge, challenge accepted. Perfect. Start working We're doing on it. Script. <laughs> Cut your promos now, dude. So, um, yep, Joe, much love to you. The story, the kid from Long Island. Yeah, worked out. Now, You're part, of, part of the journey, man. Doing big things out in LA. Want to thank you yeah. once again for joining the Border Podcast. I'm Scotty dude. the Body. This was Joe Face, Joe Monteleon, and here's Capadonna. We are out. <laughs> Specialist, the body, 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 the body